Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's time for Come and Talk It with your host, Michael Cargill, brought to you by Texas Law Shield. Over the last decade, Michael has championed and supported the rights of law-abiding Texans to own and use firearms. He is the owner of Central Texas Gunworks, a veteran of the United States Army, and has achieved national exposure in such prestigious media outlets such as Forbes Magazine, Fox Business News, CNN Money, AOL, BBC World News, Huffington Post, and the New York Times. Cargill vigorously defends lawful gun ownership in this country without regard to party politics. And now, here's Michael Cargill. Good day, Austin, Texas, the live music capital of the world. Let's praise the Lord and pass the ammunition. So today we have on the phone on Skype, we have Vince Velasquez. He's a, detec- a homicide detective, and he's going to weigh in on the Ahmed Arbery case. And then also I'm going to probably ask him about, I don't know if he's aware of this, the Breonna Taylor case, because I'm just you know in, educating myself on this case here. I want to talk about that case as well, uh, Breonna Taylor and the Ahmaud Arbery case. And also, the U.S. Senate has voted to give government agencies access to your private web browser history. We're going to talk about that as well. And then we're going to have Maj Ture, Black Guns Matter, uh, on the show. He's going to chime in on both of these cases as well, the Ahmaud Arbery case and Breonna Taylor case. But first, let's welcome to the show retired homicide detective Vince Velasquez. Vince, welcome to come and talk it, sir. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Uh, Vince, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, where did you work? Where did you retire from? And, you know, why you qualified to, you know, take a look at this Ahmaud Arbery case? Certainly. So um, I am a retired detective with Atlanta PD. I did 22 years uh, with the department, retired in 2017, and I spent my last 17 years uh, in the homicide division, investigating everything uh, that has to deal with with death, natural death, suicide, officer-involved shootings, uh, cases uh, like the Ahmad case where it's a citizen 
uses a firearm or another instrument to kill someone. It's called felon killed by private citizen. Um, so since I've retired, I, I started a consulting firm. Uh, in this case, you know, we all know it's gotten national and even international attention. So I've been following this case actually since it first hit the news before the video ever came out. Okay, wow. And yeah, this is this is a crazy case. Have you heard also of the Brianna Taylor case? Been following that one? I, I have. I have uh I have read up on it. Uh again, I'm I've not really uh researched that case as much as I have the Ahmad Arbery case. Uh but I, I do know some some facts from what I've read in the media. Okay. So let's get into the Ahmad Arbery case. You know, can you break this down for us step by step? You know, what were you able to figure out from all the information, all the data and stuff like that? So this case is is it's unique in the sense that um, you know, it's got so many different layers to this thing. Uh and a lot of people have opinions and rightly so. Um and I knew that this case was going to pull on both sides. People uh, want to feel safe in their community. So let me start with that. You know, I, I own my own home and uh, I'm concerned if there are break-ins in the neighborhood or burglaries or car break-ins. That's why they have neighborhood watches and things like that. And in fact, um, years ago when I owned a home, I live in a condo now, but I was part of the Homeowners Association. Uh, I was on the Public Safety Committee for the HOA. Um, and, and basically, you know, to the extent of that was to just alert neighbors. You call neighbors and you say, hey, there's some suspicious activity. Be on a lookout. You know, uh, you know, you left your lawnmower out, things like that to help each other out. Um, this case, you know, it, it, it has so many different layers to it. And the argument and I think the argument here is people are really wondering what exactly is a citizen's arrest? So the facts of this case, as we all know from what we've read, on February 23rd uh, in Brunswick, Georgia, um, Ahmad Arbery, it's been determined that he entered that house that was under construction. The McMichaels lived nearby, saw this. Uh, they made statements that they had knowledge that um, people had been breaking in, people had been into that house previously under construction. And they then armed themselves. In Georgia, you have the right to carry a firearm. It's an open carry state. Um, and, you know, for all intents and purposes, Gregory McMichael, if he was still, you know, if he left as an investigator certified, which he didn't, legally, he would have been able to carry his weapon anyway, concealed. Nevertheless, they then get into the truck. And as we all seen on the video, they basically position the truck uh, as Ahmad is running towards the truck. Um, and, and if you look at the video, you see Ahmad changing direction. Uh, and he's in my opinion, he's trying to figure out which way to go. Um, and then he, he makes it to the truck and he takes a sharp right towards the right front of the truck. And as soon as he turns left in front of the truck, that's where the struggle ensues. Uh, and this is the debate. This is the million dollar debate. What's reasonable force? So everyone wants to argue and debate. Was it a burglary? Um, was it not a burglary? What's a dwelling? Is a house that has no doors and windows under construction considered a dwelling? Um, did he commit a burglary? So I had to look at this thing from a few different angles. One of the things that I had to consider right away, when I understood that Gregory McMichael was a retired law enforcement officer per se, presumably qualified and certified, which we're now learning he wasn't, 
he had been a police officer with Glenn County. Now, Glenn County was the agency that responded to this. So I want to start with this. And I haven't said this yet, uh, and this will be the first time I say this. From day one, Glenn County, as did the DA and everyone else, should have recused themselves for a couple reasons. One, Glenn County, I think in 2018 is the last crime stats that I could pull up, had two homicides. Not sure how many they had in 2019, but that's an agency that's very small, 120 officers. They have very little experience investigating homicide. Now you add into the mix that one of the parties involved used to be a police officer on that department. They should have called the GBI in immediately. We have done that. In officer-involved shootings in Atlanta, for years, we were investigating our own shootings. And finally, we came to the realization that that's not a good idea, investigating your own, to be as objective as you can. They should have called the GBI in. Now, GBI is our state law enforcement agency. What people need to understand is that GBI cannot get involved in any investigation unless they're invited in. You know, it's like it's like the vampire. You can't can't come into your house until you ask him to come in. They can't just proactively go out there. So they have to be requested by a police department, a district attorney's office, or the state attorney general. And I think mistake one was that day that this incident happened on February 23rd. They should have called the GBI in and let them handle the case. So if we break down everything that we know, that we've seen on the video, and, I, and what I want people to try and do is, one, take the emotion out of this thing, and it's very difficult to do because to see anyone lose their life in front of your eyes on video or in person, that's traumatic. So that everybody feels that. But as an investigator, we have to look at things or try to look at things objectively. One of the things that, and one of the things that are really, really up for debate is whether or not Ahmad Arbery committed a burglary. And what I propose is a hypothetical. Let's get past that and let's just say he did do that. My opinion is that it was not a burglary. At best, a criminal trespass in this state, and that's a misdemeanor. However, let's just assume that he did come out of the house and he had something in his hand of value and they could, we've established that that was a burglary. Now we move into what is reasonable for a citizen to involve themselves in something like that. And our citizen arrest law is, is very ambiguous. It doesn't address uh, what level of force you can use. It talks about if you see a felony and even if they're escaping, you can affect an arrest. It's a property crime. It's not like they witness someone do a, you know, an aggravated battery on someone or shoot at someone. It's a property crime. But what they do is they engage this thing with weapons. Um, and my analysis is when I look at the video and I slow it down and I see the direction that Ahmad is running towards the truck and then eventually getting to the front of the truck and turning left, I've I look under the truck and I see a shadow of what I believe to be the shotgun, level horizontally aimed towards the right side of the truck, as if Travis McMichael was waiting uh, for Arbery, and in, in, in essence, he was. Um, so now we have to ask ourselves, what's reasonable force that's used, or should, should be used, or can be used legally to, an, to affect a citizen's arrest? It's my opinion, my professional opinion, that that force was, was unjust, uh, and it was extreme. We're talking with Vince Velasquez, and Vince is a retired homicide detective from, it, from Atlanta. 
and he's talking about the Armored Arbery case. We're also going to talk about the Breonna Taylor case. Also, I want to ask Vince, when we come back from the break, you know, at the very beginning of that video, it sounded like a safety was being removed from the person taking the video. I want to get his thoughts on that. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. This is Maj Pure. You're listening to Come and Talk at Radio with Michael Cargill. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Austin's Talk 1370. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. That's right. We're back and we're talking with homicide detective out of Atlanta, Georgia, Vince Velasquez. He's a retired homicide detective, and he's weighing in on the Ahmad Arbery case as well as the Breonna Taylor case. And Detective Velasquez, you were telling us about, you know, how Ahmad went left, he went right, but I, I'm I'm curious. Did you listen to the beginning of that of the the video, and did you hear anything that I I thought I heard, which was a safety being removed right at the beginning from the person that was taking the video from inside the vehicle. And uh, I've listened to arguments that that could be uh, him removing the safety or, uh, you know, racking one in the chamber, per, you know, so to say, uh, or, you know, pulling the hammer back if you have an external hammer on the gun. From what I've read, there's no indication from when the police arrived that he had a weapon. Doesn't mean he didn't, okay? okay? I'm open to anything. I mean, working homicide for 17 years, nothing surprises me. So I, you know, my opinion is that he was undoing his seatbelt. Um, gotcha. Something could come out later that says, hey, this guy indeed had a gun before the cops showed up. He, he got rid of it. They didn't search his car. I'm open for anything that could happen when it comes to that. But at, at the end of the day, my focus is more on educating people to understand the law here in this state. You know, and, and, and a couple, you know, observations that I really want to point out with this whole thing is that, you know, Ahmaud Arbery, if he had a concealed weapon himself, right, do, do we have a requirement if we feel we didn't, we know we did nothing wrong to submit to a, a, you know, a citizen's arrest? So let's just flip this around a bit. Let's say Ahmad had a weapon legally, 
and he shot and killed Travis McMichael, what would we be talking about today? I often wonder, would if that was the case, would Ahmaud Arbery had been arrested that night on the spot? People should think about that. And I know you, you're, you're a gun advocate, and, and I carry a weapon. I'm retired. I'm authorized to carry my weapon in all 50 states. I keep up with my certification. You know, this isn't the first time this has happened in this state. Mm. Last year, there was a young lady, 22 years old, witnesses a hit and run, 62-year-old driver. She's white female. He's a black male. And she follows him and chases him. She calls 911. And while she's on the phone with 911, she blocks him in, jumps out of her vehicle with a firearm while she's on the phone with 911 and is ordering him out of his truck. She ultimately shot and killed the 62-year-old man. She was arrested for the exact same charges that the McMichaels were, aggravated assault and felony murder. And that's why I believe with this particular case out of Brunswick that those are appropriate charges. You cannot point a firearm at somebody to scare them into submission. And that's been my argument all along. You have to articulate facts that lead a reasonable person to believe that your life was in danger. If Ahmaud Arbery had committed a crime where he shot somebody, he's running down the street with a firearm, that's reasonable. You don't want to wait to get shot. We all know that. That's not the case. This right. is a property crime. This is totally different. And, and also, uh, my parents live in uh, Georgia. My parents were victims of a home invasion as well. And my parents uh, live in Snellville, Georgia. You you probably would have seen this case also where uh, three guys tried to break in their home at 4 o'clock in the morning. My parents end up shooting and killing one of the guys. So that was a, a big case there in, in Georgia right. as well. But that's a defensive that, habitat. That's a defensive habitat. That's different. Right, that's the right, castle doctrine. Right. We're the kings of our castles or the queens of our castles, and you have the right, and we have no duty to retreat. And that kind of lends right. in more towards the Breonna Taylor uh, Correct. case. And that's where you I, know, want to, I want to switch gears to that one. Yeah, but go, go ahead. I, I want you to talk a little about the Breonna Taylor case and, and what your thoughts are on that one. So that case is it's tragic. Uh, I I think that there's there is going to be a nexus to this apartment. We don't always get all the facts. I mean, what the police department puts out, they keep a lot closer to the chest, and, and they have to during an investigation. Um, however, we know that Brianna Taylor was shot multiple times. Multiple. Uh, Shots were fired into the apartment by the police officers, and from what I've read, one shot was fired um, by her boyfriend, who was then arrested and charged, uh, basically with a, you know attempted murder on a police officer. So I don't and know a lot of facts. For people that don't know this story and who haven't heard anything about this story, uh, Brianna Taylor and her I don't know if it was a boyfriend, husband, whatever, were at home, and the police had ex executed a no-knock warrant, and it was believed that the police made a mistake and got the warrant for the wrong house. Am I correct on that? That's what I've read. And that's tragic because that, you know, how that happens, and it, it does happen, it happened here in my own city by my own department where a 90-something-year-old woman, Katherine Johnson, was shot and killed. She shot through her door thinking people were breaking in, and the police officers returned fire and killed this senior citizen in our city. And again, I go back to, you know, it, it, do if I feel my life is in danger and someone's kicking my door in and I don't hear the police announce that they're police, that's a gray area. Like, I'm not going to sit there and wait to figure that out if I'm in a split second have to make a decision whether I'm going to live or die. 
Um, I don't know all the facts of this case. I know a lot's going to come out. Forget the, the criminal side. Civilly, this is going to be, you know, a, a monumental case civilly. Criminally, I'm not quite sure where this will go. If they indeed had bad information or they were derelict in their duties and collecting the right information to get the warrant on the right location, they are absolutely at fault. That police department is liable and they are going to have to face those consequences. Those officers, whoever the affiant was on the warrant, whatever the probable cause was to hit that house, and it is wrong. In our case here in Georgia, it was manufactured evidence. And I, you know, I'm I'm a retired cop from my own department, and we completely messed that thing up. And an old lady, a senior citizen who lived her entire life, didn't bother anybody, lost her life because of that. Now I, I'm going to keep following this case to figure out or try to see where it goes. Um, I do believe there's probably a nexus between either the boyfriend and this person they were looking for. I think that will come out it still does not excuse the fact that they were at the wrong place. You can't defend that. Never can you defend that. And go ahead, Gary. I think you got some questions, Gary. Yeah, I just wanted to point out something. Um, first of all, you're correct that uh, it, Breonna Taylor's boyfriend, Kenneth Walker, was the one that fired back at the police because they did not announce themselves. And I also want to point out that this Breonna Taylor case was not recent. This was March 13th. And to compare this to the Ahmed Ar Arbery case, uh, that was February 23rd. So both of these are, one of them's two months old and another one is three months old. So there's, there's been plenty of time for investigations to, you know, to be conducted. Correct me if and I'm then, wrong. You know, and you know what? March 13th is a very important day because I always refer to March 13th as D-Day because that was the day that everyone walked into the gun store to purchase a gun because the pandemic started and the shutdowns were beginning and everyone was panicking and worried about, you know, uprising and, and things going on around the country, whether someone was going to break into their house and take their stuff. And were, they were arming themselves and most of the, a lot of the gun stores sold out. So that's an important day. That's correct. Now, now I will say this, there is a difference, you know, uh, and I'm not, I'm not saying that you're saying these cases are so similar uh, that they should have been, you know, all this time has passed and it's an injustice. The difference in the Ahmad Arbery case and the Breonna Taylor case is from day one, the police department had the evidence that the GBI ended up getting and they had the ability to decipher that evidence and come to a conclusion um, that right. and, and, probable cause was and, there. They should have made an arrest that night. Police operations and, are a little bit different. And thank you, Detective. We really appreciate uh, Detective uh, Vince Velasquez coming on and breaking these cases down for us. I uh, really appreciate that, sir. Thank you. We come back from the break. going to have Maj Ture on also. Once again, this is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk. This is Coley on the War, and you're listening to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. 
Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Talk 1370, the right choice. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. That's right. We're back and we're talking about the Armand Arbery case as well as the Brianna Taylor case. Uh, we're breaking these two cases down. We just talked with a detective, homicide detective, Vince Velasquez, and he broke that stuff down for us quite well. But now, you know, I want to change gears a little bit and talk to Maj Ture from Black Guns Matter to talk about both of these cases. Maj, welcome to come and talk to sir. Yo, what's up, Mike? How are you? All right. All right. So, Man, you know, there's, there's a lot going on. We have a we're in a pandemic now. I mean, the m- most of the country shut down for a while, just starting to open back up slowly but surely. And you had the Ahmad Arby case happen before the pandemic. The Brianna Taylor case happened the day most you know a lot of the country started shutting down. So right when people were saying, "Hey, you know what? I need to get to the gun store. I need to get a gun. I need to get some ammo. I need to protect my family, protect myself because this country could go crazy." And on and that night, that's when the police executed a no-knock warrant on Brianna Taylor's house, end up killing her inside her home because they went to the wrong house. And the word that you used was the perfect word. And unfortunately, first love, life, respect, and care for you know Brianna, her family, um, and things of that nature. But the word that you used, executed, that's what happened. Um, I think to my knowledge, and I'm, I'm, I'm working on a video on this, to my knowledge, the brother that, you know, shot back, uh, he's still in jail. Um, mm. And it's just it's just a scenario where it's like that's goofy on top of goofy. You can't do issue a no knock raid. You go into someone's home. You kill a nurse, a member of the medical profession. No, no past criminal history, because I know a lot of these states posing as conservatives like to say, oh, well, they were a criminal. No criminal history. Someone doing actual service for Americans. You know, you kill her. The person that doesn't know who's coming in the house to try to shoot and kill, he tries to defend. You lock him up as opposed, as opposed to acknowledging that you got it wrong. You killed an American citizen. And you were all the way 180% backwards on this, you know, and, 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 and she even, was murdered. Even, he couldn't even go to her funeral. Couldn't even go. So you, you kill someone. He's doing what he's supposed to do. I, I, I hope tremendously that not only does he get freed from jail, I want him to sue the whatever, you know what, out of that police department. I want charges brought up on, on the officers that killed her. Anything less than that is a travesty of justice. You don't get to make, if, if I as a firearm owner mistakenly shoot someone, I thought they had a gun, I was not certain. We don't, we don't have that level of room for error. 
And I'm tired of being in these spaces where law enforcement officers, and shouts to the guys that's out there chasing robbers, rapists, and homicide. But you don't get to make a costly you know, a mistake like that. That cost this young woman her life. And then to right, hey, insult to in- Yeah. Okay, I got a question for you. Do you think sure. that if if the if the warrant that was written if the mistake was made uh, administratively, someone put the wrong address, do you think the officers are still at fault? I think everybody's at fault. I think that you you cross check when I when I take when I put a firearm on, right? When I take it off or when I put it down and I turn away from it. If I'm not the only person in the room, every single time I pick that firearm up, I press check it. Every time. When I'm at the range, I hand somebody, I make sure that they check it. So everyone involved, the mistaking address, the person that executed, where's the, the system? And don't get me wrong, I, I wouldn't, I could say, okay, this was a, this was an honest mistake. Unfortunately, that honest mistake, if I don't press check, I leave my firearm around irresponsibly, right? And I let my child get to it. And, it, and my child, you know, God forbid, harms themselves. I am responsible, period, period. And if, if you're pro-law enforcement, you know, you should, we should be held to that same standard. The problem is there isn't equal uh, protection under the law in these scenarios. It's not. The fact that that man is still in jail, why? He did what he was yeah. supposed to do, def- defend the house. He defended the house. You yeah, were I wanna, in the wrong house. Up, I want to bring up something else to you real quick. I'm not sure if you were aware of this. I learned this right before we, we did the show today, started the show. Um, the suspect that those police officers were looking for Mm-hmm. He was already in custody. What type of goofball clown show kill American citizen foolishness is that? I, I this one, honestly, usually I try to play devil's advocate, but this one you is, is just a you can't. I don't think you can on this one. There's a, there is in almost every single way. This was a screw up. Every single way. And if I. If I make a mistake, and I and I, I take my mistake, if I, with all these guns in this house, leave one of them, and, and I'm just drawing the parallel, there's a, with great responsibilities, we, you, we've entrusted you as law enforcement. You're going to go catch a suspect. Even the people doing paperwork are law enforcement officers. There is a standard. It's no different than if you're a CCW holder. I don't want to hear, you got a license to carry. I don't want to hear about oh, you just left it in the car for that quick second. I don't care. If that negligence leads to someone harming themselves, I want all of the book. I want you to have your day in court. I want you to have due process. And I want you to hit with the book, the entire book. This And this is not going to be something that increases law enforcement, citizen interactions. The work we're doing at Black Guns Matter, I'm trying to quell some of the stuff that the media tries to make look like it's, oh, it's, it's you know, every single law enforcement officer is horrible. No, not every single law enforcement officer is horrible. But you know that thing about one bad apple spoiling the bunch? If those officers are not calling out for those people that are responsible for this, they're letting those bad apples spoil the bunch. So if my community is going, you know, hey, well, what, what the hell is going on here? The fact, and it's insult to injury, salt in the wound. You arrested this man, and you were wrong. There should be our, our yeah, get him out of there right now. You should be doing everything in your humanly possible to make amends with that family, 
make amends with the community and make amends with Americans because this is another stain on the flag of law enforcement citizen interactions. Do you want to actually fix this? Or I, I, I sometimes get to a point where I'm starting to think like, God, like, like come on, guys. Like, I mean, it, we, we're not rocket scientists out here. You were wrong. You admit that you were wrong. You move forward. You don't keep doubling down on being dumb. Yeah. How, how well, does that help America? Fortunately, uh, Breonna Taylor's family has hired uh, the civil rights attorney, Ben Crump. So, yeah. I mean, he's he's representing uh, Ahmed Arbery's family, and he also represented Trayvon Martin. So yeah. uh, maybe it, maybe something will happen. I mean, I, I don't know. She was shot eight times. So you know? now on the eight time yeah. thing, I know what parasympathetic nerve systems do. So when you're squeezing, especially if you don't train or qual, I don't know how, I don't know the officers that actually shot the rounds that killed her, but I do know that when you are in a high stress environment and your parasympathetic nervous system kicks in, you know, a lot of people say, well, they didn't have to shoot him that many times. When that parasympathetic nervous system kicks in, it's like your brain is on and your fingers on repeat. So I'm not justifying uh, her death in any way, shape or form, but I understand that. So I'm not. The, so that's that's not that's uh, sort of negligible. The the number of times she was shot, it's just the fact yeah, that she was yeah, killed, be, be, regardless. Yeah, because your your brain in those scenarios starts to become on you know that you know the whole OODA loop: observe, orient, decide, and act, and it's on that loop, right? So and and the, how the parasympathetic nervous system works, and I, I explain that to a lot of our um, beginner classes at Black Guns Matter. It's like, listen, I get that he shot him a bunch of times. It was first of all, it was wrong that they were there in the first place. That's number one. That's 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 what we have to deal with that. The I don't care if it was run, one round. I, you should not have been there. And I'm not saying that that justifies the eight. I'm just saying there's there's layers to all of that psychologically and neurologically. You know what I mean? Um, so, there, there's yeah, something to it. Yeah. You know what I mean? But well, as I far got one as, more question for you. Sure. Why do you think I mean, this happened uh, March 13th. Why do you think it was not in the news until what, what do you think, Michael, like a week ago? I, I think that the primary reason for that is what we're seeing right now is, even with the Ahmad Arbery case, we're seeing the people, the people start to highlight things that are wrong. This is These are miscarriages of justice. And we're not talking about just, just like an Arbery situation. You had damn near two corrupt DA situations, damn near two, with that, which is why the GBI had to get involved, right? With this being the case, we're showing, it's like back in the day when the Rodney King beating happened and it was, happened to be caught on camera. People in certain communities were like, yeah, duh, right? But, you know, middle America or whatever, you know, other communities, whatever ethnicity, was like, oh, my God. And they're like, yeah, we live in L.A. They weren't aware. Right. right. And so in these scenarios, these cameras and more and more people are going, no, these are miscarriages of justice. These district attorneys, are a lot of them are corrupt as well. You know, how do you say, hey, we're not going to arrest these guys. Oh, yeah. Now I'm going to recuse myself. Here's a here's a write up on why you shouldn't arrest them either. Even though the officers on that scene were like, yeah, we're definitely arresting this dude. We're definitely arresting him. My point in that is it speaks to more and more Americans are tired. And especially during the time when everybody's at home going to work, right. picking up your children. They looking. We're paying attention to everything and certain things do not make sense and we're well and that's why i think it's so suspicious that the that it wasn't in the news because they know everybody's home they know everybody's on the internet they know that everyone is digesting a lot of news right now so i think that 
I mean, this is, uh, you know, I'm just throwing this out there, but I think it's very possible that this stuff was sort of uh, glazed over on purpose because they knew that yes. both of these things are are bombastic. I'll use yes. that word. You yes. know what I'm saying? So yeah, these are absolute powder I'm just, I'm just shocked. I'm shocked that you know the the boyfriend's still in jail. I'm just shocked by it, and I'm shocked that people are just not standing outside and in thousands and demanding him to be released. Right. And that's and that's a part of the thing. If you're saying you're about justice, justice cut both ways. I can't say that I want to support uh, the Second Amendment and my freedom to keep and, and bear firearms and not respect someone's right to say, hey, I don't want firearms in my personal home or I don't want to carry a gun. I respect their right. That cuts both ways, not the ones that I'm conveniently I like. OK, with that being the case, when you have as law enforcement officers, when there's a miscarriage of justice, Instead of doubling down and trying to be arrogant and trying to be, uh, 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 you know, overly aggressive and things of that nature, because that's what this is. This is a symbol saying we're going to do what we clearly you're wrong, period. You are wrong. Handle the wrong. Get the people that are responsible for, for the wrong. Give that punishment to them that fits their level of involvement in that homicide, because that's what it was. And we move forward. Otherwise, you can't keep saying well, you know, there's good cops. Okay, if these things, as well as media, the law enforcement, uh, uh, you know, show law us. enforcement if area, and good that, cops, and they can do things right. Show us that you can do it right. Right. Here's a clear-cut example of when you could go. No, it's unacceptable. Let that man out of jail. Let's. Let's yeah. matter of fact. Let you gave Dylan Roof a damn ride to Burger King. Okay. Mm. And and so mm. come on, man. Come on, man. Like at, at certain points, it becomes a thumb in the nose of to all Americans. And I'm not making this a racial thing. I'm making this a my poor white homies look at that and go, damn, really? My rich black homies go, damn, really? My, my middle class Asian homies go, are you serious? <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's like, at what point oh, do of we, course. Are, are you trying to get a civil war? Because this is how you get a civil war. This is how you run the risk of some person becoming so tired that then they in turn do something thinking it's patriotic and then they go shoot a law enforcement officer in the face because they're tired. Everybody's like seen what happened up in Dallas. Right. And it's like, come on, man, we, we, we have the power to shape this in a different way. But the people responsible at a certain point, again, me, if my best friend that I grew up with since the third grade leaves his firearm around, his child, my child, his dog gets access to it and shoots themselves or someone else. I am holding him accountable, period. That, that lack of equal protection under the law, this is an example of it. This is an example of it. We're talking with Maj Ture with Black Guns Matter. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talking. Hello, this is Gerald Darty, and I'm the Precinct 3 County Commissioner here in Travis County, and you're listening to Come and Talk It. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Talk 13-7, the right choice. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now, here's Michael Cargill. All right, so we're back, and we're talking with Maj Ture from Black Guns Matter. We're talking about the Ahmad Arbery case and also the Breonna Taylor case. Uh, go ahead, Gary. All right, hey, Maj. So with this Arbery case, February, back in February, three months ago, uh, what do you – can you give us a quick overview of your thoughts regarding that case with the McMichaels? Um, in every single way, I don't think that the McMichaels went outside to go kill a black dude. I don't think that that's the case. Um, I do think that their bias, because there were other people, um, and their frustration, you know, that he's been, he's been caught in a few lies, as well as I, 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 and I, I know that he's an irresponsible gun owner because of the fact that he had he reported that he had a firearm stolen January the first from his truck. I don't irresponsible people get firearms stolen from their vehicles. Um, so there's a, there's a history. You, you've had a relationship with Arbery. You, um, you know, you've done, you, you've, you do not have on the moment direct knowledge of him being in the building. As the owner of the building said, you drove to follow and chase someone with a firearm, which is brandishing. You do not meet the criteria for citizen arrest, whether that's not because it's, it was not a felony because nothing was stolen, as well as um, you have to have direct knowledge of in that moment seeing the actual felony happen. Um, in every way, shape, or form, you lied. You know, now your lawyer is saying, oh, this was, uh, you know, it's, it, it was self-defense, you know, or he was doing a citizen's arrest. That's not what you initially told the initial officer on scene. That paperwork is out there. You chase someone down and you killed them. And the reality is that person, regardless of his history, doesn't matter. The reality is Mr. Arbery was actually in his full right to defend, stand his ground, you know. So top tier Hall of Fame checklist clown shoes on, you know, both of the McMichaels. And it's just wrong. I mean, and I'm, I'm amazed at watching so many firearms owners, you know, the bias starts to creep. I'm watching so many firearms owners just from an irresponsible standpoint. You, it wasn't your house. You don't know. You had to chase them, which means it wasn't imminent, right? When you get out the car yeah, with your well, firearm, after he tried to go the other way, you boxed him in again. Your life was not in imminent danger. In every way, shape, or form, this was a bad shoot. And I'm amazed at looking go at ahead, these Gary. Yeah, Gary, go ahead and play, play uh, uh, devil's advocate. Devil's advocate. Well, yeah. I, I, this was another one I'm having. A, I'm usually really good at this, but this is another one I was having a difficult time doing it. Uh, there's there's security footage that I believe Casey might have it if you want to throw that up. But there's security footage of him there at night. I'm not sure if people were. That's not him. Uh, That's been proven that that it's wasn't not him. him. Yeah. Okay. I wasn't. I did not fact check that. I wasn't sure. I was told that some people said it was him. Some people are claiming it wasn't him. Uh, and then there, I was also. This is again speculation. This is unsubstantiated on my end. Um, but there were, it was said that he dropped a hammer at some point while they were following him. 
And also, I've, I've looked very closely at that video, and I actually zoomed in and looked at what kind of shoes he was wearing, and it looked like he was wearing some sort of construction or work boots. Now, I, this, I know this is all he speculation, was but... I, I don't care if he was wearing wingtips with his Sunday best on. <laughs> I don't care. The reality <laughs> is, when you, under Georgia statute, those McMichaels do not meet the criteria for citizen's arrest. And as a responsible gun owner, you never chase anyone with a firearm. You don't. He didn't get the notification for the video until later. There's also videos of multiple people, multiple children, everybody, adults, nighttime, white couples going in and out of that same exact scenario, that same exact building. That footage is out there, too. The reality is, I believe believe he had a relationship with, Mick, with uh, Mr. Arbery from the past. I, I don't think he went down to just chase him down specifically to kill him. I do not subscribe to that notion. But I do think that his actions led to a, a, a series of strange and, un, and, and unfortunate events that cost an American life. And you have to pay the piper when you take American life. No one wants to hear anything about you were wrong and then you took somebody's life and, oh, well, he wasn't, he wasn't jogging. I don't care. I don't care if he had just came from my house. If he somehow flew from Philadelphia to Georgia within 10 minutes and you happen to catch him, I do not care. He didn't meet right. the criteria, and that's just the case. Well, I had to, I had to dig up something and throw it at you. I mean, I'm not just going to sit here and let you <laughs> give you softballs. You know what I'm saying? I got a question I, for you. Anything's wait, on a little wait, bit wait, of a lighter wait. note. Wait, hold uh, on, y'all. I got to get out of here. I got to take this. Uh, I'm, I'm on due at 5.55, so I'm running the late. Well, let's, let's oh, pick word, this up right. at a different one. Let's do it again. I love what y'all doing. Make sure y'all are listening to the show every single time you get a chance. Be safe. Be solutionary. GoFundMe.com forward slash Black Lives Matter. <laughs> take All it right. easy, brother. All right, Maj. <laughs> where, where are you going to say, Gary? You know what I was going to ask him about is the last time uh, I did a, I talked to him, uh -huh. he was telling me that he was getting shadow banned on Instagram, and, I, and uh, his, his idea was to start posting his Black Guns Matter videos on Pornhub. Oh. <laughs> I was going to ask him how that's been going, if he started uh, doing it or not. Is he doing it with no shirt on? <laughs> <laughs> that's what I had to do to get on Pornhub. <laughs> could, you imagine, could you imagine opening up your browser and you're, and you're searching for, you know, something? Obviously, I can't say it because we're on the radio. And, I've never uh, been on that, that, that website yeah. before. And and so and you type something in and the thing the first thing that pops up is a uh, black dude talking about firearms with no shirt on. <laughs> hey, Michael, you, you should to, do that. You should do. You shit. have to do. You have to do what you have to do. <laughs> isn't, isn't that where the acronym comes from? Uh, big black carbines, right? <laughs> Ouch! Right? You made me hit my head. <laughs> All right. Hey. So so. I want to I want to talk about something. Hey, speaking of real quick, speaking of uh, of the Internet, the, the Senate voted to allow the FBI and other governmental agencies to view your browser history without a search warrant. Right. What do you feel about that? that that's crazy. Um, this this is I don't know what this I don't know what Congress is thinking of, you know, and but I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised on who's doing it, uh, it because. You know, we let them get away with um, what was that? The one bill they passed after nine eleven, Patriot Act. 
Patriot yeah, Act. We let, we let them get away with the Patriot Act. We still haven't, you know, checked them on that and gotten that, you know, repealed or anything. And so I'm, I'm just not surprised, you know. I'm, you well, know, this is basically an expansion of the Patriot Act from what I understand. Yeah, we, we, we're, we allow the government to do things, and, and no one questions it, you know. Well, there's also that untraceable gun bill, Untraceable Firearms Act. Zach, you know about that? Yeah, they've actually tried to introduce that uh, a few times in the past few years, and now it is uh, Senator Blumenthal out of Connecticut. And then, of course, the usual suspects, it's uh, Klobuchar, Feinstein, uh, Reed, Schumer, all of them are trying to introduce this bill that's basically going to change the terminology because uh, currently you can buy pieces to guns like AR-15 that are not quite finished and then finish them out yourself. And they're trying to uh, change the terminology so you can no longer do that and everything will be regulated. So I think what they want, so basically they want everything to be serialized. Uh-huh. Yeah. And they also want to uh, and that, that, and make it illegal to... Because now you're talking, you know, you're talking possible registration. In order to make sure something's serialized, whenever you go to serialize something, you have to. There's a certain procedure that you follow with the, the, uh, the ATF, and the paperwork that you fill out as far as the dealer. Then now you're talking about getting it registered or whatever. Yeah, and they're also making illegal any firearms that do not basically set off an X-ray machine or metal detector. That will be illegal as that well, according to this bill. Okay. Uh, right. Yeah, anything it doesn't trigger, uh, you know, like an X-ray machine, metal detector. All right. All right. Okay. So we're gonna we're gonna follow all these stories, and we'll get back to you on these next week. I got a special guest coming in. Hopefully, we'll be inside the studio, and we have this special guest. Uh, as always, more guns equals less crime. You go out there and you buy yourself a gun. You've been listening to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.